an agency that sends social workers into the homes of grieving families to impersonate dead loved ones. The kind old woman who saved a teenager's life, but who now finds herself haunted by the weight of a cheated suicide. And the daughter of a candlestick maker as she tries to survive a painful existence after her father's execution for making human chandeliers of drunken cowboys. These stories and more, ranging from supernatural to the frighteningly domestic, splatterpunk to the weird and cosmic, stain the pages of Cut to Care, a collection of Little Hurts by Aaron Dryers. These are stories about caring too much in a world that doesn't always care for you back. Also featuring an exclusive introduction by writer-director Mick Garris, creator of Masters of Horror. Cut to Care by Aaron Dries. A collection of little hurts. Out now. The Curator will see you now. Are you looking for conversations with some of the hottest names in horror today, like Eric LaRocca, Haley Piper, Clay McLeod Chapman, Laurel Hightower, Jamie Flanagan, and Allie Wilkes, along with indie horror superstars like Brianna Morgan and Joe Coach? Then you should tune in to Terrifying Tomes of Terror with your host, the curator of horror, Chance Forshee, wherever you get your podcasts. Horror on Main, a new weekend convention for the horror community. There are plenty of horror cons to choose from, but most only offer the genre as writers and actors. We explore all the shadows within horror entertainment. From idea to product, there are many people behind the scenes, including writers and actors, but also artists, publishers, directors, and composers, and we're bringing them to you, as well as contests, movies, panels, podcasters, and much, much more. We've been going to conventions for over 20 years and are changing up the little things to make the big picture amazing. Join us Memorial Day weekend 2023 in Hunt Valley, Maryland. Come to the block party and meet your new neighbors. See horroronmain.com for details. Welcome to Dead Headspace. I am your host, Patrick R. McDonough, joined always by my co-host, Brian LaFaro. Say hi, Brian. Hello, everybody. Today, we are joined back with a guy. He's too many episodes in at this point. So, Ronald Kelly, for, you know, long-time listeners know him from so many episodes. But, Ronald Kelly, say hello, sir. Howdy, y'all. And uh, we've covered a lot of your books. We're going to cover uh, mainly your memoir today. But before we do that, uh, something very important. Me and Brennan consider this podcast. a uh, We basically document this era of horror. And we would be remiss to not mention, since it just went public today, September 6, 2022, that sadly, we say this with a heavy heart, that uh, Peter Straw passed away two days ago. Um, it's broken hip, I believe, and uh, he passed away in Manhattan at the age of 79. Um, truly devastating. He looms, his shadow will 
probably loom forever over some part of uh, literature. Um, Brennan, Ron, I want to hear what you guys have to say about Peter. I'll start with you, Ron. Well, you know, when I started reading horror, you know, back in the like mid 70s to uh, into the 80s, uh, there was only like four really major horror writers. There were there was Stephen King. There was uh, Dean Koontz. There was uh, Anne Rice and there's Peter Straub. So, you know, you being the, you know, hungry for like out of the classics and starting to read like contemporary horror and everything, you know, Peter Straub was, I mean, I, I really, you know, was ravenous for Peter Straub's work. You know, I started with um, uh, Ghost Story and I think I read uh, The Talisman, you know, he, the one he did with King and Shadow, uh, Shadowlands. And um, I actually listened to Coco on the audio uh, audio books. I, was, I started, um, you know, re- uh, listening to some of the audio books like, um, like Barker's Hellbound Heart. And, and I, I listened to Coco on audio book. I need to actually go back and read it as a book because uh, I guess at that point, I was more of a reader than a listener, you know, and uh, um you know, now I really enjoy audiobooks, but back then it was kind of hard for me to kind of digest, you know, and get the, you know, the imagination going with um, with narration like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, uh, uh, Peter Straub was way up there for me. You know, it, this this has just broken my heart hearing this. You know, it's uh, uh, I have very fond memory. I, I wish I could have met him. You know, I never did get a chance to meet the man but uh, i heard he was a a very gracious and and uh, kind man and, and you know you had him on your show and and i really enjoyed that that interview that was um i mean that's that's a lasting um piece of history you know that interview you had with him so um i'm so glad that you had the opportunity to do that yeah thanks man um to my knowledge of looks it's just I'm pretty sure it's the last interview that he's ever done. Um, he's generally a nice guy. And um, he signed the Blue Rose trilogy for me just to tell everyone kind of how kind he was. He's I'm not the only one he's done that for. He answered emails to whoever, you know, would reach out. He's just a nice guy, real nice guy. Um, and I just noticed behind Brennan is, oh, man, the talisman. Is that first edition? Uh, that's not the talisman. <laughs> the got, white cover? Uh, what is that one? That is interior darkness. I've got ghosts, a couple of versions of ghost story up there, floating dragon, mystery, the throat, and lost boy, lost girl. Oh, the throat. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Um, for me, Coco was a book that, um, and I got to say, because Ron's on the show, Fair is one of my favorite books. I mean, that, like, I love it. But Coco is its own category for me because it just did something very, it, it stirred this thing in me that was a mix of, wow, I didn't know you could do that in a book. And on top of that for, and I'm not going to go into details, so I'll ramble on, but basically my the past of my grandfather that occurred many years before that interview Um Peter's Coco got my interest into the Korean War. 
Coco has nothing to do with the Korean War, but something in my weird brain just clicked. And it's been a year so far since I've been diving into that in his past. And uh, I'm connecting with my grandfather that's been dead for 10 years now. So that's partially why I have so much love for the guy. And on top of that, he writes with a poetic hand that is really unmatched. Um, it's like, Ron, you got your own voice, Joe. Lansdale does, King does, and then and Peter's got this, his style to me is like brutal poetry. And that's the best way I can put it. Brandon, what's what's he mean to you, man? I think my, um, no, I know that my first introduction was uh, The Talisman, co-written with King, and then Black House from there moved on to Ghost Story and Coco. And it was just such an unbelievable thrill. And you know, you talked about, uh, or Ron talked about just how, um, uh, generous he was with his time, with his outreach and with his, uh, praise for newer writers is something that I've seen a lot going around today. It seems to be a theme. And the fact that we were able to connect with Peter Straub, like via Twitter, just throwing a post out there and said, Peter, we would love to have you on. And somehow the gears turned in such a way that that worked out um, is now that I'm seeing people posting memories so much more indicative of him than I realized at the time. Mm. Um, And for all of those things to line up to allow him to come on and talk with us. And he was very generous with his time. This is, um, I love our show, but this is not a show that Peter Straub had to do. No, this is not something. <laughs> yeah. This is not something that Peter Straub had to do. And he, uh, he answered, he graciously answered every question we threw at him. Uh, and it was a really lovely experience. And I shared this online. I, um, I was teaching a class this afternoon and I pulled out my phone to check the time. And I had a text from Patrick saying that, it was, you know, kind of just released that Peter had passed away. And I, I just felt the world spin. And I don't know that I would have seen that coming. Like, yes, he was an incredible writer, uh, absolute crucial um, to, to the history of horror and kind of the literary side of it and giving it almost this, um, uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but d- basically legitimizing it if you know if if you like throwing that out there if it needs that legitimization but allowing people who might otherwise turn their nose up at the genre to say oh this is what you can do with it um and like ron said ron said my heart's broken and that's exactly how i felt i felt like i, I met peter for 90 minutes and I've read like five or six of his books and I feel like I lost a friend. And I think there's a lot of people out there who, whether they met him once or whether they just corresponded with him or whether they just knew him through his writing are probably feeling a little bit like that today. Yeah. Um, unless you guys have anything else to say, I'd like to transition us to Ron. His focusing on Ron. Okay. Ron, do you have anything else you want to say? I, I just uh, hope that the newer writers, um, I mean, newer writers, newer readers realize just, you know, what we've lost. I mean, uh, this, this man was very important to this genre. I mean, he, I mean, 
he was there at a point where uh, hard, you know, practically came back. I mean, you know, from just being, you know, ghost stories and, and, um, and, you know, you know, maybe Lovecraft and everything on the bookshelves and then King and him and Rice, you know, you know, they, they made horror popular again. So, you know, you know, I've seen a lot of very respectful, very, um, you know, post, you know, on, on uh, social media today. And it's very encouraging that, that, you know, you know, I, he'll, of course, he'll live on in his books, you know, we've got them forever. So, hmm. uh, but it's just sad that, that the man who, who wrote those books is, is, you know, no longer. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I, I just hope everybody realizes, you know, that that Peter Straub was a genuine treasure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there is one more thing I'd love to throw out. Um, his it. daughter, Emma, yes. um, which her Twitter handle is at Emma Straub, E-M-M-A-S-T-R-A-U-B. She put up this big multi-tier post uh, complete with lots of pictures just kind of uh, throwing a, th- a few thoughts into the ether about, you know, what a wonderful guy her dad was. And uh, if you have, if you haven't seen that and you have a couple minutes, check it out. It's, it's well worth scoping. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I read that uh, about an hour ago. It's excellent. Um, we are going to jump to Ronald Kelly, uh, his memoir. I lo- this is the greatest cover in the world, man. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's so cool. Justin T. Kuntz, uh, a genius. He's a yes. genius in the world of uh, illustration, painting. He's just the way he blends those colors. It's uh, magnificent. Um, follow my lead. This will make sense in a second, Ron. All right. Can you guys hear me still? Yes. All right. Bear with me. It's the first time I've done this on the show. So tell me if you can see. Yes, we can see your background. Look, there's you getting strangled by your wife. <laughs> can you see this? Typical Friday night. Can you see this? Yes. What is it? It is a blank screen with your mouse flying around it and about to hit a play button. All right, let's listen. I wanted to say hello to Ron. We've been around a long time. You know, I think you and I are about the same age, which means that we're we're old guys. Um, but what I wanted to say too, is that what I've liked is the fact that you've stuck to it. I know you had a period where you publisher wasn't doing so well and you had to move on for a while, but you came back. And from the things I've seen, you're doing better now than you were then and you're, you're good then. And we're a couple of country boys and country blue collar guys. So I, I feel a connection to you there and I'm excited to read this uh, memoir. And so I wish you luck and uh, keep writing. Hi Ron, I've been a fan of your work since my sister bought me a copy of Fear for Christmas one year. Back in the good old fashioned days when paperback horror novels were at your grocery store, right up by the register as an impulse purchase, like candy or gum. I was a huge fan, and it's great to see you back in the game, even if it's a cruel and brutal game. So congratulations on all your recent success, and best of luck with your new memoir. It's awesome. Hey, Ron, man. 
I'll keep it short and sweet because I think you know what you mean to me. I wouldn't be the writer I am if it weren't for you. You're one of my biggest inspirations and I'm so proud to call you my friend. So hey, keep it short and sweet and just tell you, let's do this thing because people are going to dig it. Hi, Ron. I am so happy to have met you at Scares That Cares last summer, and I cannot thank you enough for the amazing foreword that you wrote for A Bouquet of Viscera. You are one of my favorite people. I adore you, and congratulations. Sorry, sorry, I forgot one thing, sorry. Um, you know, I forgot it again, sorry. Congratulations on your memoir. Hey, Ron, it's Rich Chismar. I just wanted to say congratulations on one hell of a career that is uh, still going, both barrels blazing, better never. Um, you know, we both came around about the same time back in the late 80s. And I can't tell you how inspiring it is that uh, that you're still here. And like I said, doing better than ever. And, uh, you know, I love your work. You're, you're one of the all-time original storytellers. And I just want to thank you and um, wish you well. In his memoir, Southern Fried and Horrified, Ronald Kelly says that he is a straight-shooting, honest type of fella. And I agree. I am honored to know Ron. I am honored to be able to read his writing. The horror community is so much more um, rich and wonderful because of your presence. And we love you, Ron. Hi, Ronald. I just wanted to tell you how much we love you, how much we love working with you. And your Southern Fried Horror always makes me feel right at home. I look forward to working with you in the future and look forward to all the good things you have coming in the future. Take care. Hey there. I just wanted to drop in to leave a note that I think it's absolutely incredible that whether a reader is having a good day or a bad day, picking up one of Ronald Kelly's books is sure to make it better. The time Ron takes to personalize every single book that he sends out that are directly ordered through him is also absolutely incredible. I have my little collection over my shoulder of Ron's books growing by the day, and each one of those is signed and personalized by Ron, and he also puts in amazing doodles. So if you haven't ordered a book directly from him, highly recommend jumping in and doing so. Thank you, Ron, just for being you and for publishing each of your amazing works. Hey guys, horror author Jeremy McGargy here. Wanted to give a really quick shout out to pioneer in the industry, legendary figure. His body of work really speaks for itself, Ronald Kelly. Uh, last year at Scares the Care, I briefly got to sit in on one of Ronald's panels and it was a fantastic experience, just like sitting under the learning tree and he really inspires lots of new, hungry horror authors that are out in that world and exploring the genre today. So here's to you, Ron. Hey, Ron, congrats on the release of your memoir. You're a great writer and an amazing person. And hopefully this will bring fresh blood in, new bodies to discover your wickedly, wonderfully dark words. Congrats. Ron's a great guy. Uh, having edited uh, a lot of his work, um, just a super talented writer. You know, they say the pen is mightier than the sword. Uh, well, if so, Ron is wielding a very, like the Excalibur of pens. Uh, great writer, great guy, um, and an incredible signer. I mean, if you see the inside of his book, sorry for the dogs. Uh, if you see the inside of uh, his signed books, they're amazing. Hi, Ron. Congratulations on the release of your awesome new memoir. Skull. It's your friend Lynn Hansen. Also wishing the same thing as the Talking Skull, though. Congratulations on the release of your awesome new memoir. 
Love you guys. Bye. Hello everyone. Uh, Ross here from the UK. Um, I am just coming on here because you guys asked me to uh, speak some words. So, um, Ron, uh, you know, thank you for all you've done, all the books you've written, all the scares you've given. Um, Fear uh, remains for me one of those books that truly unner unnerved me. Um, like, I just loved everything about it. I listened to the audio for that book and it just blew me out of the water. Um, such a gripping book. Uh, story, just everything about it, you know, it was fully immersive um, and yeah man, just I appreciate everything you've done, everything you do everything you've still got coming um, and yeah, just, you know truly truly, you are uh, a great in the genre um, and you deserve the very best and you deserve this kind of resurgence that's happened recently um, and yeah, just, just for me as a, as a fan, as a writer, um, you mean the world, um, and you have reached far and wide, and um, yeah, just keep on keep on doing your thing, man. Uh, Southern fried and horrified all the way. Hi, Ron, Mercedes here. You are a sweet, compassionate, good man. You're very talented. You just light up the world. I'm so glad to know you. Hey, Robert Essig here. Um, hey, I've been a fan of Ronald Kelly for years. I remember finding his books at the used bookstores years ago, and then um, and he came back and kept writing more books, just knocking it out of the park. I mean, he's making the rest of us look like we're standing still. Uh, so here's to you, Ronald Kelly. Cheers! Hey, Ron. Hello from Texas. Congratulations on Southern Fried and Horrified. You know I love it. Thanks for everything you are and do in the community. Thanks for all your support for so many of us. And most of all, thanks for being a terrific friend. Here's to your best yet to come. Congratulations. Love to you. It's Sonora, and I just want to tell you how much I value both your work and our friendship. It's meant so much to me um, as a new author, uh, especially compared to how long you've been on the scene, and every year of that has been incredible. I've really loved getting to know your work over the past few years. I've greatly enjoyed the short story collections I've read. I look forward to reading even more of your back catalog and also whatever comes next. I just, your stories are the perfect em like literary embodiment of Tales from the Crypt, which is fitting considering how uh, a lot of your new short story collections have a similar uh, comic book cover to those old uh, anthologies. And um, it's also just meant so much uh, how you always have a kind word to say and how when we've spoken to each other it's just always been so cordial and kind and I like I said before I really value our friendship and I look forward to it continuing onward so yes that's it you're great you're the best you're awesome <laughs> and uh, yeah I'll be seeing you around bye Ron Kelly the man the myth the legend as a writer, a natural-born storyteller, gifted, incredibly unique. And as a human, kind, encouraging, humble. Ron, so many of us have looked up to you for a long time. And I, for one, am incredibly excited to read your new memoir, Southern Fried and Horrified. Congratulations on it. I wish it and you all the best. 
Hey Ron, we just want to say thank you so much for all your kindness and support and friendship over these years. You've been an inspiration to us and you're the coolest Jedi Master. Thanks, cuz. <laughs> Ronald Kelly, a great guy, true friend, and an even better writer. Love working on, with him over the last 10 years, over 20 books together. Keep them coming. Hello, Ron. Please forgive the uh, hat head, because I've been wearing my Cubs hat all day. But I just want to um, say thank you for being such an inspiration to me. Uh, I've been reading your stuff for a long time. And even though uh, what you write is uh, its all unique, it's all original, um, and your voice is unlike anybody else's, uh, I think it's that that facet. I think of a book like Undertaker's Moon and nobody else could have written that. Um, certainly couldn't have written it the way that you did. And I think that it's the distinctness um, of your voice. I think it's the, the resonance of it, the, the, the power of it, that even though my own voice is very different from your voice, um, I think the, the the clarity of your voice, the, the power of your voice, um, the way that you're able to kind of uh, put the reader around a campfire and tell them to, to, to close in a little bit because you've got a great story to tell them. Um, I feel like that style of storytelling, um, there's something really elemental about it. Um, and then the strength of your voice, uh, it, it just grabs me and, and, and won't let me go. And, and that makes me, that inspires me to want to write my own stories and to try to do in my own way what you're able to do. And uh, as long as I've been reading your work, you've been inspiring me. And I'm so grateful for um, your, uh, your work, your how genuine you are, how approachable, how humble, yet insanely skilled and talented. Um, I'm just so uh, grateful to call you a friend and I'm so happy to be a reader of your work um, and to be influenced by you. So that's it, sorry for being long-winded. Thank you, Ron. Peace, see you soon. Hey, what's up, Ron? It's your old pal, Brian Keene here. Um... I guess we have reached the age where people record these tribute videos to us. Um, but you're deserving of it, my friend. I, you know, I've told you this privately, but, you know, you were an inspiration, not just to me, but to, to many of us. Um, you know, I discovered you as a fan, and all these years and decades later, I'm, I'm proud, humbled, and honored to to include you as a friend, not just as a fan, but now as a friend and as a mentor, as a guide. Um, you had a fantastic career, and here's to many more years as such. Love you, brother. See you soon. Wow. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> that is the, uh, that it, that is, you know, we call it a tribute, but it's, it's, tantamount to the effect that you've had on this genre and it doesn't seem like we can have you on for an episode without talking about your impact on newer horror writers but 
man, when we put them all in one place and that's just, that's just a taste of it. You know, if we decided that we needed to make that video in an hour, we could have dug up enough people to make that an hour, man. Um, their words all ring very, very true, very authentic. Uh, and it's so cool to watch them all in one place. It really is. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit overwhelmed here. <laughs> that was, that was beautiful. You know, thank you for that. Uh, I, just, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I, won't, I won't make you talk too much right now. I do. I, I do want to read uh, one more of these because originally uh, there were going to be three of us. It was going to be me, Patrick, and uh, we invited Vivian Casley to come on and hang out. Um, another example of a newer horror writer who you've had a really nice impact on. Unfortunately, Vivian is not feeling well. She could not be here with us tonight, uh, but she wrote up something and asked that I read it. So here we go. I haven't known Ron as long as some others. And now that I do, I sure wish I had gotten to know him sooner. It was in the anthology Chew on This, edited by Robert Essig and put out by Bloodbound Books, where I read his short story, Grandma's Favorite Recipe, that I was like, I really dig this story. <laughs> and not too soon after that, I decided to join Twitter, like a modern writer is supposed to do. I started following Ron, and eventually he started following me, which left me a bit starstruck. Then, when I found out he'd be in Midnight Beyond the Stars anthology... I was like, hot diggity dog, I got to try to be in that too. <laughs> and so it goes. I got in and shared another table of contents with the great old Ron. He personally congratulated me and we began to forge a friendship. Since then, I have gotten to read a few of his collections and most recently his outstanding memoir, which I've read twice already because it's that good. <laughs> I have yet to get my hands on fear, his magnum opus, as he puts it, but I will. Everything Ron writes is exactly the type of horror story I am looking to read. His plots, his characterization, and his battles between good and evil are the peanut butter to my strawberry jam. And I have no idea why none of his creepy tales have been adapted to the screen yet, especially for Creepshow on Shudder. They would be perfect. I know Ron says his writing is like crown and cola with a moon pie, and those things are freaking delicious. But to me, Ron's writing is the lobster and filet mignon, too. On a more personal note, Ron once reached out to me during a time I was struggling. He told me it was okay that I wrote mostly short fiction and said short fiction was his bread and butter. And honestly, I don't think he knows how much that helped me during a time when someone else in the writing community told me short fiction was a waste of my time and would get me nowhere. Ron has also reached out and offered to help me with a collection of my own, and that floored me. He 100% did not have to do that but he is that kind of human, selfless, kind, empathetic, and an all-around great man. In my opinion, that's why he's such a great writer, because it takes all of those things to be able to write believable characters like Ron's. Lastly, I wish I could have fed all this stuff to Ron tonight, but I have COVID again, mm -hmm. and this time it completely laid both my husband and I out. I just want Ron to know that I think the world of him and that I believe we were destined to be friends. And maybe this is kind of weird, but just like his mama, I too have the second sight. It runs in my family. I think I knew we'd be friends, Ron. It was just a gut feeling as soon as I read one of your stories. I am so glad we connected over social media, and I'm also happy to have gotten to know Patrick and Brennan, two of the kindest, funniest writers slash humans I have had the pleasure of meeting. Between all of you, I feel so much more confident in my endeavors and know that I have gained true friends. Oh, 
And also we get to share another table of contents in hot iron and cold blood, which mm-hmm. makes me very rootin' tootin' happy. <laughs> I wish Ron all the success in the world with everything he is doing and will continue to do. You said you sold your uh, you said you sold your original hat in a yard sale, Ron, but I sure am glad you decided to find another one. Rattlesca- rattlesnake skin and all and start anew. The world would have been a boring place without your stories. Until next time, yeehaw and yippee kaye, mother cluckers. Vivian. I love her. I do too. She's a she's a special lady. <laughs> yeah. So so uh hate that she got slammed with this one more. I mean, I don't yeah. know. He's had it multiple times, I believe. So yep. Louie, I'll tell you what, I watched that montage a few times because I edited it and I didn't choke up anytime. And then I started to a few times. I think it's because they feel the same way that me, Brennan, and Vivian do, which is just you're everything that a lot of people online pretend to be. And it's not to sound sadistic or or poo-poo and everyone else, but the bottom line is, is you're a straight shooter, just like Cena said, and you write some creepy tales. And it's kind of like Tom Savini. I've heard that he is such a sweet person, yet he makes some of the darkest stuff. That's like you. And why aren't you, why don't you have something on Creep Show? That I haven't even thought of that. That is yeah. very, very astute. <laughs> I mean, I mean, jo- uh, Scow, Skip, uh, um, Mallerman, to name a few. They've had them. Uh, Keith Lansdale and I think Joe. Yeah, Joe and Keith and Casey actually yeah man so <laughs> now that you can talk what'd you think of that montage i gotta know i was just stunned you know a lot of people i didn't expect to see you know it was it was great you know i, I consider all of them friends you know i mean i've interacted with every one of them you know at one time or another you know you know like with Joe and Brian, I mean, and, and Rich, I mean, you know, quite a bit in different times of my life, you know, and, and it's just, it was just wonderful. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, man, it's our way of saying, uh, showing you how much it's one thing to see it in text. It's another to see their face and to, to feel their love and adoration towards you with the expression and their body, you know, their, their body language. Um, let's dive into your memoir. I know why Brennan knows why, but why did you start this? What was the catalyst? Uh, just, you know, I, I, I thought I had a story to tell. I, you know, I've um, been in this, industry for like 36 years you know been writing for 36 years and and i've had my ups and downs been through heaven and hell and and <laughs> learned a few things and you know made a, a whole lot of mistakes and and i just thought you know maybe folks might be interested in my story maybe they uh, uh maybe i had a little advice to give them that might help them along the way put some writing tools in their toolbox you know next to their little jar of nipples <laughs> but uh, uh so uh, you know um, um you know i i went on actually went on twitter and and i, I said would anybody like to read this kind of book and brian king said yes 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 and <laughs> so, so brian 
Brian says yes, then he's going to get it, you know. So, yeah, uh, it's worth a few yeses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, I I wrote a few chapters, you know, just to kind of experiment with it, and and they they went pretty smooth, you know. It was just like sitting back and you know just you know remembering things, you know. It's, it's funny how much I remember when I was really little, you know, I, I can remember like in my chapter uh, titled four, when I was four years old, I mean, that was a very important year in my life because, you know, several things happened during that time. Um, I got my left arm burnt, severely burnt, and that pretty much changed dynamic dynamic of my personality for a long time in grade school and high school because it it made me feel like I was a little more inferior than everybody else. You know, a lot of people would see that scars, the scars on my arm, and they would it was like they were looking at someone with leprosy, you know, and and it made me feel like an outsider a lot of times. Holy shit. Really? I yeah. never knew. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, I had kids that w- didn't want to get near me because they thought they were going to catch it, you know. And, and this was like first, second, third grade, you know, your formative years when you're very, very impacted by, you know, the way people uh, treat you and, and accept you. And and, um, and at that time, you know, as a child, the scar wrapped all the way around my arm, you know. Right now, it's just on my bicep, but as a small child, it wrapped all the way around to the back of my arm and everything. But, uh, um, yeah, that was one thing. And then, uh, let's see, um, I learned to read at the age of four, um, learned to write my alphabets and everything. My mother was very, um, a very progressive minded lady as far as teaching me, uh, skills early, you know, as far Mm. as, math and and uh reading and writing you know and by the time i got to kindergarten you know i was like a second grader as far as <laughs> as far as uh writing my alphabets and, and doing you know uh pretty simple math problems and stuff like that and uh the first book i ever read was green eggs and ham that's the first book i ever read all the way through by myself <laughs> but um and let's say the they, there was the the big uh, the big debate between my mother and my grandmother over you know, over a religion that took went on for like two and a half hours or three hours and and I was hiding behind the couch you know scared to death thinking that you know God was going to rain fire and brimstone on our heads <laughs> at any moment you know me and my Gumby and Pokey back there in the in the shadows and all that. And, Grandpa and Daddy standing on the front porch, you know, letting it all blow over, you know, <laughs> and uh, and then there was, you know, the assassination of uh, John F. Kennedy, which, uh, you know, I vaguely remember that, but I do remember the wagon with the with the um, flag draped casket on it. I remember uh, everyone, how everybody around me reacted. You know, it was. Um, it was a very sad November and December in the country. And, and, uh, for a, a child who's four years old, that was, you know, very impactful. And so, you know, 
you know, just things like that made me realize that, you know, you know, things that had happened in my life were almost like little little stories in themselves. And and uh, so I thought, you know, maybe people would be, you know, would enjoy reading it and, and maybe um, relate. And I've, I've had so many people say that their early childhoods, their monster-loving childhoods was um, very close to how mine were. You know, of course, you know, there was... Uh, I grew up on the Universal Monsters and and uh, famous Monsters magazine and the Monster Models and and other uh, horror writers grew up with uh, uh, Jason and uh, Michael Myers and uh, 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 Freddy Krueger. You know, but you know it was still the same focus on uh, monsters on horror. You know. That's what that's what you know eventually molded us into what we we want to do. I mean that's uh, I mean it's just you know seeps into your physical being, you know, into your psyche, and and um, and you just you know when like I, I I've told people before when I when I stopped writing when Zebra shut down, I stopped writing. I tried to write in different genres, and I couldn't do it. I mean I'm a horror writer. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm hardwired that way, you know, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I did a few sample chapters and, um, uh, I went to Jared and, and said, would you, would you, you know, consider doing this book? And he said, let me read some chapters. And he did. And he said, yeah, let's, let's do this thing. And so I sat down and wrote the rest of it. And, and the end product was, you know, much more than I'm, uh, I thought it would be, and I'm, I'm I'm just very proud that it turned out the way it did. Very Excellent. cool. Yeah, Brennan, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, one of my favorite parts of writing, and I'm talking fiction specific, is discovering things about my character while I'm writing their story. So what, if anything, did you learn about yourself recounting these events and formative experiences? <sighs> I guess I've learned that that despite all the the problems I went through, the trying to get published, um, having the rug pulled out from under me, you know, different points in my career, that it all culminated into you know something that you know, I would never give up. I, I would never go back and redo it over in a different way because it's just, it, uh, the man I am right now, that's, that's who came out at the end, you know, and, um, you know, I, yeah, I guess that's, that's what, that's what I got out of it. And, and, um, and maybe I, I saw that maybe, you know, I, uh, there was times during my career after Zebra shut down that I thought I was a failure. You know, I I, I thought, well, I I tried to do my best and I, I failed. You know, and 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 now looking back, I can see maybe I wasn't such a failure after all. Maybe I I did something important to to influence. You know, some really talented, great people. You know, and and I mean, if, 
it's it's a humbling experience to to come to that realization and um you know i'm just glad that this this memoir has gotten the the reception that it has because you know i, I was afraid maybe people thought well who are you to write a book like this and <laughs> and uh, you know think you're so important that you can write you know a, a book about your life but when i wrote it it was it, it was almost like storytelling to me i mean i was just telling my story you know and and so you know that's 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 the way you know that's the way i feel about it you know that's interesting that you still have that uh imposter syndrome yeah i don't think it ever goes away i mean i think that you know from time to time like when uh when I wrote uh, the buzzard zone and it practically fell on its face, I was ready to quit. You know, I, I thought, well, you know, they've had enough of Ron Kelly, you know, nobody's buying this book, you know, and, and I told Joyce, I, uh, my wife, I said, uh, I, I think I'm going to give it up again. And she said, you better, <laughs> you better not, you know, after all this <laughs> coming back and everything. And so, you know, I, for a few months, I did short stories, and I, I was trying to get some traction in the in the um, in today's horror genre and all that. And then Kim McKinley put out uh, uh, Essential Six stuff, and it turned everything around. You know, and that and um, uh, Nicholas Gray uh, started doing videos and stuff about fear and and got a whole lot of people interested in fear all over again. And, um, and you know, that fear was a, was a book I wrote in, in for a whole, for a long time. I didn't think it was any more important than any of my other books. And, and then so many people started telling me that it had had some kind of emotional impact on them. And, and uh, uh, so, you know, I began to realize that maybe what I'd done, maybe these little old zebra books I'd written were a little better than I thought they were at the time. Now, obviously, you know, a big part in that is like you talked about the collapse of zebra and just the impact, the, the mental and, you know, uh, I guess you could say fiscal uh, impact it had on your career. Um, and that's not a topic you've ever shied away from. I mean, we've talked to just on this show, we've probably talked about it four times, um, and in your various interviews on panels. And I think that, you know, not to keep heaping praise on you, but I, I really think that that story spreading it far and wide, when we're seeing, you know, presses shut down and leave books, homeless. And obviously I'm talking, you know, from a very personal place here, that story is invaluable. It's in, incredibly helpful to just understand that, unfortunately, it's almost a rite of passage in this industry and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, it might seem like the sky is falling and all is lost, but there there is, you know, hope when that happens. Uh, as long as you are still willing to put that work in, 
So, you know, on behalf of myself and, you know, all the other other authors who through various presses that have kind of collapsed without warning, I mean, thank you. I mean, because that's, it's just, you you cannot, you, you just, you, you can't understand until it happens to you just how valuable that kind of, um, not moral tale, but um, that information, the, hey, you know, I've been here. I understand how shitty you feel right now. And I understand it feels like your book is in the dumpster, but you know, it's, it'll be fine. You know, keep putting in the work. It'll be fine. The other thing I wanted to touch on is I love the way you talked about how, you know, writing your life story, you treated it like a storyteller. Um, And one thing Patrick and I talked about when we were reading this back in like February or whatever was talking about how we're reading stories that we've heard you tell two, three times. We know these stories. We know where they're going. And they're told to us. (laughs) They're told with such an enthralling voice that I'm sucked in. You know, the one that really that really stands out to me is you talked about I'm gonna butcher it. I'm so sorry, but you talked about Valentine's Day when you were younger. Yes, that's my favorite story too. (laughs) And the way that you tell it in your book, even though I've heard you talk about that story at least twice before I read the book, it just sucks me in. It's you know, it it draws in my reader's heart, it plays on my emotions, and it really is, you know, I'm hearing your life story, but I'm hearing it in front of a campfire. Um (laughs) there's no question there, but I'm just gonna throw it to Patrick for a real question. (laughs) Um why does Brennan need me to save him so often? (laughs) No, um in all seriousness, the uh part where we go, I'm gonna cheat by looking the book because I forgot the exact phrase in uh, grits and bits. Is that it? Yeah, grits and bits. Um, <laughs> you, I love how you really cashed in. Uh, I guess that's not a great expression, but whatever. Um, on the Southern Friday and Horrified bit. Um, not every writer has that. Not every writer has the ability to or whatever to uh, kind of say, this is my theme. This is my brand. And everyone lo- it's fun to say. A lot of people love it. It doesn't steal anything away from other Southern, even Southern horror writers. Um, How do you feel about the reception of this book so far, especially how it just came out today, but there's been plenty of eyes on it, plenty of hands on it. And please feel free to talk about your sign in two days ago. Uh, It's just, it's been phenomenal. I mean, I, I, I sent copies, you know, digital copies out to a lot of uh, fellow writers, fellow writers that, um, you know, I'm, writers, you know, are like different. I mean, we're all horror writers, but, you know, there's certain horror writers that are like me. There's certain that's like uh, extreme horror, quiet horror and all that. All of the ones I sent this book to, we're very receptive to it, seem to love it. Um, and uh, I was just surprised by, you know, some of their uh, their comments and and the blurbs. I mean, I've, I've had so many wonderful blurbs from these these uh, writers that I, I love and cherish, you know, like Cena and, and uh, Jonathan Jantz and Jeff Strand and Tim Wagner and 
uh, it's just been wonderful, you know, and, um, um, so I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's all right, man. Like you got a lot going on. Cause there's just, it seems like a whirlwind of so many things colliding into your brain, I guess, because. Yeah, you... I mean, the last, I'd say the last year has been great it's like been a runaway train for me <laughs> you know it's uh, so many things have happened so many books i mean i put out a lot of books this year and um and how many let's see and i say you put me on the spot there i would say we've <laughs> had five or six this year you know Damn. some of you know been re-releases like the darken and after the burn, you know, and hindsight was re-released, which, you know, that's, that's one of my goals in the next few years is to put all the zebra books out in paperback because, That'd be cool. uh, you know, they've been available in ebook for years and, and some of them in the audio book, but, but, you know, people like to have something on their shelf, you know, especially if they get it from me and it has some artwork. <laughs> Any plans for them with Valancourt? What's that? Valancourt, because they do the older, the classic books. So I was wondering if there's any No, plans. not really. Uh, I would rather do them myself, you know. Hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I've seen them put out the, the paperbacks from hell books and stuff like that. Yeah. But I couldn't choose one of my books, you know, that I would want them to do because I, you know, I like to, you know, I've been putting them out through Crossroads Press, and they do a wonderful job, beautiful books. And so I'm just going to continue that way. Hmm. That makes sense. And uh, you, you was asking about the the uh, book launch we had. Yes. Uh, last Saturday was wonderful. We, uh, we had it in a, a old restored train depot building. Uh, That's really cool. Tennessee. And um, it, you go in there and you smell that uh, uh, like tar wood, you know, it, it's got this smell to it, almost like uh, cold soot and everything. It, it's, it's a very authentic, um, I guess, from years and years of, you know, being around old trains and stuff like that. And, um, so we had uh, we had special guests. We had uh, Lynn Hansen. She brought a lot of her art and everything, and and um, because uh, this train depot is one of the stipulations for using this as an event is to it, it to be an art show. So <laughs> I uh, I invited Lynn, and then I brought a lot of my artwork and put them on the walls, and that was that was kind of. Uh, that's kind of fun gathering all that to 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 put uh, put up on the walls and everything because you know I've I've been an artist for years but never really shown my art you know hmm. until just recently in in some of my books and stuff so we had a little art show and we had Jeff Strand uh, you know he did a signing and uh, and Bridget Nielsen was with him and she she signed her book a bouquet of viscera and we had my uh my audio book narrator jay rodney turner came and, and read uh read a, read a couple of selections uh, one from um, dead eye two and uh 
and he he read Mr. Glowbones, <laughs> which oh he just gave he just gave everybody the chills. Yeah, there's old Glowbones back. There. He's got such an incredible voice, man. He does. Yeah. Well, just you know, he walks into a room and he walked into the uh, to the depot in another part of the room, and Lynn said. Ah, oh, hear an audiobook narrator because <laughs> he's had he has this big rumbling deep southern voice, you know. And uh, you know, he, he read Dead Eye, and when he did Dead Eye and Job, it just put shivers down my spine because <laughs> you know, Job has a part of Roscoe in him, you know, from yeah, the <laughs> yep. he has that same spirit, you know. so um i was hearing a little bit of roscoe and a whole lot of job and and dead i was just <laughs> just hilarious i mean it was um uh he's 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 working on uh the first audio book which is actually going to be uh book one and two of dead eye in one audio book so um I guess the next audiobook could be three and four, and then maybe number five will be the last one. Well, number five is going to be the most crucial and probably the wildest Dead Eye book that I write. So, um, Dead Eye, how do I do this <laughs> for people watching? It's right there. Yeah. Um, book two should be out later this year. We're, we're waiting mm. for um, Alex to finish the cover nice. and then. We've got, we, you know, all the editing's been done and everything, so maybe it won't be too much longer until we can, we'll have that out. But on at the at the book signing, we had a huge crowd of fans from drove all the way from like Atlanta and uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and Chattanooga and Knoxville. You know, you know people that I that I didn't even know or people that I'd known on the um uh social media but I, i'd never met before you know so i mean it was a thrill just to somebody come up and say hey i'm so and so and i'd known them for years you know that's really cool when it's outside of your inner circle too yeah, yeah. it is a lot a lot of the books of horror uh crowd from facebook showed up and that was really neat and um i had a, an old friend high school buddy who was in my um, um, creative writing class in my senior year of high school, Scott McGill came to see me. We hadn't seen each other in 45 years. And, uh, oh, man, it's just, you know, uh, it, was, it was so good to see him and spend time with him. And, and I'll be going down to around, you know, where we grew up and we're going to, we're gonna have a good meal together and, and spend some time together. Um, it was just so good to to see him after all these years. Was he the big guy in overalls? Yeah, yeah, that was him. He is a big bastard, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really nice of him on Facebook to share yes. this photo of you. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that hair. I wish Ron, I <laughs> your bow tie is almost as big as your face. It's wider than your face, man. Look at that. Hey, man, that was the same. <laughs> totally, totally acceptable. Yeah, that's hilarious. No, that's I mean, that all sounds so cool. And I, I'm, I'm glad it went off for you. And you had all the that interest in it. Um, You, you had a billboard um, yeah, with yeah. with your with your book cover on it. I, I mean, it's just. 
if I'm uh, if I'm you, like this would be that would be the launch I want. You know, all these people have been reading the book for months and just have so many kind things to say about it. Uh, the 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 in person event to really kick it off. I mean, it, it sounds like you couldn't be happier with that. I mean, just everything's coming up, Ron. I love it. It's been it's been a fun ride so far. It's not over yet, so I'm so happy with how everything's going. Um, you know, usually when you have a, a, a book, you know, your book comes up, you know, the day it comes out, then you think, well, it's going to be go downhill from there. You know, it's, it's a big day, but I can't do that. I, I think I, I think it's you know I've got. Um, you know, I've I've been hitting the podcast circuit real strong. You know, doing some really good interviews and podcasts. You know, especially this. You know, this is what got. You know, you know how I was when I first got on your podcast. I was tripping over my tongue every every few minutes. So I mean, this. You know, I'm you're a I'm, pro I'm, now, though. You know, I'm not. I'm not as you know goofy as I used to be, but. Um, it takes time to get used to, and this is officially mm-hmm. the uh, official official podcast of Ronald <laughs> Kelly. Yep. yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I, I just, you know, I did the um, This Is Horror with the with the with Michael and uh, Bob Pastorella and uh, the other night, and that was shoot, that was on my bucket list of podcasts to do. It was hilarious. I got a text from you and then I got a text from Mike pretty much <laughs> like whatever is a uh, relevant time to whenever you text me, his in Japan. And I just thought it was really funny because like I, all you both were pumped. I was pumped and I was like, this is cool. <laughs> it's like my friend over here is becoming friends with this guy over here. <laughs> Let's all hang up. <laughs> um, by the way, the book, reiterating this, it's hard to know which way I'm pointing. Um, six Stuff, The Essential Six Stuff is the first book that Brendan and I have read of Ron's. That is because uh, of Ken McKinley. He used to run Silver Shamrock uh, Publishing. Um, are we still talking about the book sign, or can I go into something that ties us together? No, go ahead. So, however you guys want to word it, obviously... This isn't a show that um, covers any stupid drama within a small community that only that community gives a shit about. But the overall picture, stuff that people can learn, kind of get a heads up about for when they pursue contracts or whatever. Basically, what happened for those that don't know, Silver Shamrock closed their doors. Ron had quite a few books with them. Brennan had some books with them. A lot of authors have books with them. I'm going to let Ron take it from here. What was your, uh, what was, what was your experience with it and whatever you're comfortable with saying. And I want to talk about this because we haven't talked about this on air maybe once, but not with you. And you had the most books with that publishing uh, with that press and on top of that this isn't the first time it's happened so i think that it's important to cover because um it might help someone not make the same mistake if you're comfortable with that if you want to say pass i'll cut this part out and brennan uh if you're comfortable with it um give us your experience after well you know 
like I've said before, I've gone through this several times before, actually seven times before. Shamrock <laughs> was number seven. For me. Shit. So um, even even though I'd been through it, so it was it was a shock. It was it was hard, uh, especially since I just had one, a, a new book come out. You know, the week before, you know, Haunt of Southern Fried Fear was the pre-order was going strong. It was, you know, you know, doing really good. And then this happened on a weekend. You know, I had no idea it was taking place until, uh, you know, I don't know if it was you told me or somebody else. And I got online and I thought, what the hell's going on? You know, but, uh, you know, it, it just snowballed real fast and, and, uh, and I think a lot of it was unnecessary. And um, Kim McKinley's a good man. Uh, he's done a whole lot for me. Um, that's, you know, that's what I want to say up front. Um, I still consider him a good friend. Um, I think he just, there was just some circumstances about that book he announced that triggered some some wrong nerves with some people and it, it kind of snowballed from there. And, and, uh, you know, it was unfortunate that it happened that way, but, um, you know, after it happened, you know, I, you know, it was good that this community is the way it is, you know, as far as publishers, because the majority of the writers who suffered through this, you know, their books replaced, in a relatively short period of time with other publishers, you know, um, um, in a uh, podcast I did a, a, a few nights ago, uh, paper cuts. Yeah. I think it was paper cuts. Brad Proctor uh, and, uh, Jay, right, uh, well, was, what's Jay's last was, name? That was a fun time. You know, but, uh, you know, I, I practically, you know, went through the, um, Silver Shamrock roster and, and checked on people and, and, you know, told them this isn't the end, you know, it just happens. And, um, you know, it's not the end of the world, you know, we'll, you know, we need to see what we can do by getting new books back and, you know, and get them out. And I actually went to a few publishers and said, maybe you should look at this, this writer's work. I think it'd fit in good with their, with your, you know, um, with your publishing, you know, house, you know, it's be a good fit for you and all that. So uh, I'm not saying I, you know, did anything, you know, great or anything, but I, I did try to be supportive of, of the writers and everything. And because, you know, I've been through it before and it hurts, you know, it's, it's scary. Mm. And, um, but uh, you know we make through it. Maybe we make it through it, and we we come out most of the time. We come out better than we were before, and just about like anything else, you know. I know that um, that announcement was made while AuthorCon was happening, and um, one of my friends was there, and he was telling me how as soon as it got announced, as soon as it started being told throughout the the ven uh the venue it was like 
someone just muted the entire sound that the bar was just full of authors that didn't know what the hell to do or hopeless, hapless, whatever you want, whatever word you want to put in there. Um, I I mean, th- for the people within the community, some might get upset with this. I don't give a shit. Whoever knows me and you and Brennan knows us. So the thing that really upsets me is no matter how offensive something is, stop a minute, hold your breath, and pull your fucking tongue back in your throat. But that's not what happened. And this is just one instance of many on social media for anything. It's not just writing where, like, you, us three know pretty much the whole story. And we're not going to go over here because that's not our business to say. But uh, again, for people that the general audience, um, basically, it's just we were spectators witnessing something that was pretty a synopsis of a book that was really bad it was it came off super racist and then people start throwing around he's racist he's white fuck him and everyone jumps on it and no one has a chance to say like hey why don't we stop and talk about who did what and figure out why and and maybe there's you know give them a, a chance to be like did you think this through or something? There's just an instant black and white. No, you're wrong. You're the worst person in the world. And we've talked about it a lot on the show and I've been guilty of it. I hate that attitude. And we use phenomenal, unprecedented technology and we just shit all over it. We waste it. It's the, we're not exchanging data. We're not exchanging hearts. We're not exchanging. We're exchanging it. Um, I think uh, misguided fear, insecurities, anger, and uh, a lot of us, probably all of us are projecting our innermost primal um, emotions. And it comes out really ugly because once you say something really bad, I've been called a racist. I've been told by someone that I've, some person that I've physically threatened them sexist everything that really unnerved me the first time i heard it made me mad because it's so not my of my character but once you hear the worst of the worst you start ignoring them you know and that word loses meaning so um i guess my whole rambling is that uh i wish that we just stopped and for anything stopped and uh kind of didn't fight just realize we're all here for most of us are here for books and like-minded folks so that's my take as someone that was a pure spectator made me sad confused i still love ken um and i wish that he was still publishing but there's too much negativity and anger there for that to happen on a lot of parts. Uh, Brennan, anything that you would like to add, sir, because you had at least two books. Mm. Uh, I, I think that uh, Ron said a lot of things that were on my mind and I would, I, I, I can't think of a single thing that Ron said that I wouldn't agree with. I think painting Ken with the devil horns and his little cartoon pitchfork is extreme, you know, and that's probably a nice way of saying it. Um, 
I think that, you know, your points about social media and the way it operates being less than stellar. I think that's, I think that's dead on. It is, is anything going to change about that anytime soon? No. And we've, we've talked about it a lot on here. Uh, and also, you know, my comments earlier about um, Ron being that veteran figure who shows uh, newer authors that you're going to survive this. It, you know, it feels bad now, but it's going to be okay. I, I, I'll double down on that. I just think that's so invaluable. And the one thing I would throw out there um, is the whole don't put all your eggs in one basket mentality. And I heard it and I, um, I bought into it. Absolutely. But there's a difference between saying, yep, that sounds good. And it makes sense. And then seeing, well, you know, uh, this publisher likes my work and they, you know, they, they want more of it. And, you know, and that's, that's kind of where I fell into. And I don't want to say it was a bad thing. I think Silver Shamrock did a great initial release with Slattery Falls. I think they would have done, uh, had it come to fruition, I think they would have done a great release with Noose as well. Um, but the way things panned out, it gave me an opportunity to try other things. And, you know, now I've got, um, I've got five books coming out with three different publishers and it is, and, and I'm, I'm kind of pleased with that to be able to see what I like, what, you know, I might change the next time around what some publishers are doing, what other publishers aren't doing and really just use it to get my work to the widest audience I can, because we all know that, you know, some publishers already have kind of a built-in audience separate that authors uh versus another one um so i mean i would say the don't we we can pretty much all agree that don't put all your eggs in one basket is a good strategy but it's really i would say it's even better than you think it is it's it's beyond hey that's a good idea and more into i think it's just completely necessary and that's i think that's really all i have to add on that yeah yeah definitely um you know what I like about this show is that we can be real with each other and we're not worried about like we had me and Ron talked and Ron, tell me if you want me to cut this, I will cut this immediately after I'm done talking. Uh, I'll mark it. But if not, that's fine. Um, me and Ron were talking about how we had Edward Lee on talking about Lovecraft on that episode with him. There's a lot of people that claim to like horror and, and that's fine. I mean, I don't give a shit what, who likes what, but uh, focus on the fact that this person was um, super racist and this and that. And uh, we just talked about the man and, and talked about stuff that I didn't know. I know Brennan, you didn't know about it and they were in favor of him and that alone would upset certain people. Um, I don't like how it's categorized and this is the only politics I'm bringing up, but Democrat or Republican or whatever. I, I don't like anyone that's, I don't like to act like uh, extreme uh, in one behavior or the other, because then there's no middle ground and everything in life is nuance. Um, man, Ron, I didn't think we were going down this path. I have no notes for you because I don't really write notes anymore, but <laughs> I, it just, you know, I appreciate Wait, you used to write notes <laughs> <laughs> uh, to impress you. Um, yeah, I appreciate you going down this rambly path with us. 
I'm going to shut the hell up about this now because I don't know where it's going to go. So <laughs> That's OK. I, I, I want to steer us back. Um, so, Ron, recently you announced that the time has come. You are retiring from the day job. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording about just how fortuitous the timing is, because, you know, it's it, you you are in a place where you can do this, but you are also writing wise in a place where you're as productive as you have been in years and years, you're just, you're cranking it out. And now you're going to have that time. So it's coming up November 18th. You said is when you uh, are done. I'm, I'm curious. What is, what is your plan to go to become a full-time writer? Cause you're not really retiring. Let's face it. No, I mean, I've had some people say me, you know, announce my retirement and they said, no more books. And I said, no, I'm talking about my real job. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, I had somebody the other day say, you know, you're going to, you're going to wake up, you know, I think it was uh, Jason Grail on the, on the paper cuts said, you're going to wake up the next morning and think, what am I going to do? No, I know what I'm going to do. You know, I've got, you know, my brain is bursting with books, you know, and I'm going to, you know, start focusing on longer works. I'm going to start writing some novels again. Um, Fear 2 is going to be the first one. Fear Eternal. So I'm really excited about doing that. And I just hadn't had the time to do it. You know, you um, you know, when you got a job where you get up at, you know, 3.30 in the morning and go in. And I mean, I get off early, you know, in the afternoon. But, you know, you got to cut the grass. You got to. Uh, go get the kids at school, you know, it, um, you know, there's, you know, there's no, not much time for writing, you know, except for on weekends and all that. So I'm going to focus on having a, you know, a daily schedule, you know, uh, get up, have breakfast and, and sit down and write and, and uh, not going to, you know, kill myself <laughs> doing it. You know, I'm going to enjoy myself and, and, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, finish up Dead Eye and I'm gonna do um, Fear Two and and do the After the Burn novel that I, I want to do and and um, and I'd like to attend some more conventions you know during the year and uh, there's some little 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 conventions you know in Nashville and and Knoxville and Chattanooga that I've, I've pretty much missed that you know that i'd like to you know just set up a table on the weekend or something like that and do that and, uh, that's you know, cool i'll man. have i'll have the freedom to do that now you know um so uh, and maybe you know down the road maybe do a little more traveling you know we the kelly family loves to go traveling you know we went out west a couple of times loved it and i'd love to go over to Ireland or England or something oh. like that. And, and uh, you know, my my daughter Riley's been to Europe twice and I have never been out of this country. So maybe that's something I'd like to to do, you know, you know, maybe I'll uh, somebody will option a movie or something like that and give me some traveling money, you know. Better man. <laughs> you know what made me really sad about Peter Passon is that Coco wasn't how look all right, Ron, I know you're okay with me swearing, but I still feel a little weird doing it for me sometimes because you're so, so like kind and stuff or whatever. Um, you don't swear. That's why. That's why it is. How the fuck has fear not been turned into a movie yet? How 
the fuck has Coco not been adapted into an HBO series? It's really sad that, and it's not just because like it's my favorite book by him, but like it's you could tell when we talked about it with him, he lit up when he started talking about the veterans and the wall. But the fact that that wasn't adapted to anything for whatever reason in his lifetime, it makes me so incredibly sad. Like I, I really hope fear ends up becoming adapted into, I hope it becomes a series because if it's a movie, it could be pretty cool, but a series one episode could be, literally an hour which is the majority of a feature film you know um i just think that fear has something really special in it um and i'd love you know i'd love to see fear you know uh be depicted on the screen you know i think uh you know i actually had a screenwriter option fear one time and wrote a script but Changed it to the 1950s, and the and Jeb Sweeney was a teenager, and it just wasn't the same. I mean, it wasn't the book that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Was, it, got, set, was uh, it set in the South? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was uh, set in the South and everything. But this uh, this screenwriter that uh, that wanted to uh, write the the screenplay and and try to pitch it to studios and everything had changed it so much that it wasn't actually fear again, you know, but, uh, um, so maybe that was a good thing. It didn't, but, um, you know, I I actually had, um, right before COVID, I had, um, a a pretty prominent director, uh, contact me about doing Hell Hollow and, and it just kind of fell apart when COVID hit, you know, and, uh, so I don't. Maybe that'll happen. Still happen, but I hadn't heard anything from him for a while. So um, it was a book he read a long time ago uh, when Cemetery Dance put it out, and and he thought it would make a you know a really good dark rural horror film. So or maybe I agree. <laughs> so um, you never know. I mean, I'm not I'm not throwing my hand my hat in yet as far as. Uh, see my stuff, you know, on the screen. You know, if uh, if Josh Mallerman and uh, Tim Levin can get a, you know, some good movies on uh, and Adam Neville, yeah, Neville's got quite a few now. He's he's right. just stacking them up, rubbing in our faces, that British bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just it just comes down to connecting with the right person. You know? Sure. And making that, uh, you know, not it doesn't even have to be a business connection. It might be something they they read of yours, you know, that they you know that makes a, a personal connection, and they they feel strongly about wanting to to bring that to cinema or something, you know. And so if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm not worried about it. But uh, uh, yeah, you know, I'd like to see it before I'm gone. <laughs> if it does happen, I'm gonna try everything I can do to get that to happen. I got I got enough connections in the book world. I'm gonna try to move into the movie world. Look, <laughs> look out, Brad Pitt! <laughs> I'd love that, to meet that, that guy. That, that's funny because I got I got a, uh, a, a, a um, somebody um, reached out to me about buying a copy of. Um, uh, 
Southern Fried and Hard Fried today, uh, a lady in Canada, and um, she she made a comment on one of my posts or something, and I and I reached out directly and asked her if she'd like to buy a copy, and she said the it's the one that I sent I sent you Pat earlier the when she said the you know um, she was this is her uh, effing fangirl moment <laughs> that <laughs> that I contacted her and all that and then. I sent that to my my, um, <laughs> my daughter Riley, and Riley said, "Oh my God, you're 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 the you're the Brad Pitt of horror." <laughs> wow! Uh, I said, "Well, hardly, but <laughs> that is uh, the resemblance weird. is striking. That's a weird coincidence." <laughs> um, man, I forgot what I was gonna say. Brennan, you got anything else besides? Before we go to uh, like the no, outro, for, for the most part, I mean, your book literally just released today. So for the most part, when we're talking to somebody who just released a book, it's a little bit awkward to say, what do you have coming out next? But not <laughs> with you. So, yeah. uh, Ron, what do you, you know, you mentioned Dead Eye 2, but what else do you have on the horizon that people can look forward to? Well, we, we got, uh, we're going to have the author's preferred edition of Fear. Yes. Fear's out of print now, and um, um, if if you go look on uh, uh, on my newsletter on some of the photos I posted, you'll see the cover of Fear, the painting for it, and it's a I, beauty. Alex yeah. McVeigh sent me the the original painting, and I displayed it at the at the book launch, and it it just sums up the book, you know, I you know. Uh, when Kevin Whitten, you know, the well-read beard said that fear, you know, the zebra cover of fear didn't do it justice. I thought I need to, I need to really look at doing another cover that gives that spirit of the book. And I think Alex nailed it. And yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, seriously. I think Absolutely. it's going to be a good, and you know, this book is, I mean, it's basically the same uh, novel, but it's going to have some bells and whistles. Uh, Brian These are King. all his, right? Huh? These are all all his covers. McVeigh. Yes. Yeah, Alex McVeigh. Alex McVeigh. He's he does eighty five percent of my covers. Uh, <laughs> Zach, Zach McCain does you know practically the rest of my covers. Uh, I think um, Justin Coons is the only one that um, has done a cover for my book. You know, a different. You know, I'm so uh, happy you went with him because the style, like the styles. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I asked Jared up front if we could have him do that cover, and and it's just been amazing. You know, working with him, uh, we've developed a close, you know, friendship and everything, and uh, um, so, uh, yeah, um, so fear, um. The uh, special edition of Fear is going to have a, a forward by Brian Keane. He's going yes. Oh, I did not know that. His, his um, uh, how fear influenced him and all that. And then we have a, we're actually going to have a um, a section of the book, you know, where people tell how fear influenced them. I believe you two are in in that section and in several oh. others. <laughs> So, I mean, there's going to be several little things, and you know, uh, there's going to be two novellas in there, and uh, um, 
it's just gonna whet everybody's appetite for Fear Eternal when when that comes out. So, is there gonna be a paperback for that? Because uh, I don't know if my wallet yeah. can afford the yeah, fancy so, limited edition. Yeah, well, uh, the one Paul's putting out is gonna be a really. I mean, the way Paul's talking, it's probably gonna be a lettered edition slipcase. Oh. So it's gonna. It's, it's, I might need to buy that. Yeah. <laughs> Go fast, but, I definitely uh, want to buy that. But uh, yeah, and uh, but yeah, that mainly I want to get it back out in print and paperback, you know, so everybody can can in, enjoy it. And and so, you know, that's one thing we're gonna do. Uh, we got another uh, one of those Southern Fried EC collections coming out, Tales of the Southern Fried Crypt, nice. <laughs> and it's gonna be. All swamp stories, voodoo and swamp stories. So love it. Um, it don't have my artwork in it too, you know, like the last one, like Haunt did. Nice. Um, after that, we're gonna put out the um, vault of uh, southern fried horror, which will be all serial killer maniacs and murderers stories. <laughs> Now I, I believe uh, Alex McVeigh. Alex McVeigh says, "Well, why are you going to stop there? Because he likes to do those covers. He likes to do those old retro EC covers to mm. those books. So if he had his way, I'd do them forever, you know. But uh, um, so yeah, and you know, you know, I've got some ideas. Like, like I was telling people before, all the time I was, you know, wasn't writing for ten years." I would get an idea in my head and at work or something, and I'd scribble it on a little piece of paper and I put it in this coffee can and, and just forgot about it. Well, you know, I found that coffee can a while ago and and probably the the day I retire, I'm going to dump that out on my desk and go through it. So you don't know, how, you know, what I'm going to find in it. You know? Oh man, you knew you were coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's awesome. Uh, what about the, uh, I don't even know if they're still for sale, but the uh, chat books from Death's Head. Yeah, they're still for sale, yeah. Um, Excellent. Um, now, they initially printed up uh, book one, but now book, uh, Jared just told me that he's already got book two and three, so they, they should start shipping those uh, those bundles. And I'm going to be getting you know quite a few of them, so I'll start selling some bundles too. And, um, you know, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That I mean, the the first one was really nice looking uh, chat books. So um, it was it was it was kind of good to get that uh, uh, have that come out around the same time that uh, uh, Southern Fried and Horrified did. You know, it was kind of a a nice little compliment. You know, to the autobiography that uh, had mm. a little chat book set coming out that's all great uh let's jump to well i'm just gonna say where can people follow you but on top of that talk about your newsletter and brennan talk about yours too ron first uh well you know i did a newsletter way back in the the early 90s you know it it was just like a printed newsletter that you you know, mailed off the people. You know, I think I'd mailed off 50 copies or something like that. You know, you tried to do what you could back then. You know, you didn't have the internet and you didn't have a lot of resources. And I mean, if you wanted something printed up really nice, you'd go to a printer and 
pay through the nose and um it's not like now that you can you know go to uh, you know snapfish or or some place like that and get some really nice stuff printed up and, and it doesn't cost you all that much but uh but I did put out the the Fair County Chronicle back then, and and uh, put out like twelve issues, and um, the last issue had the blood kin in it, and then Zebra shut the doors, and so you know, I thought, well, I might, you know, everybody, I, I, you know, Brian King was putting out his uh, his newsletter, and, and several others, and I thought, well, you know, it might be nice, you know, to do, you know, the Chronicle again as a as a you know, digital newsletter, and so you know, I, I started out, and people's responded to it. They love it. You know, I like to put a lot of pictures in there, and you know, you know, uh, Substack don't like it sometimes because I'll I'll get halfway through it and they say you don't have enough <laughs> memory left to, to to finish it. But but then I kind of pare it down a little bit. But uh, if you if you look at the the newsletter that came out today, it's got a lot of pictures of the of the uh, book launch and everything. So, uh, uh, you know, I started out, you know, with like 200 people. Now we're up near uh, a thousand. Ooh, nice. Um, now when we get to a thousand, I'm going to pick two, uh, two names out of my subscriber list. And one's going to get a, uh, zebra, a very nice vintage copy of Zebra Fear, and another one's going to get the yes. <laughs> That's my favorite. You get color. it. You have every book. No, I don't. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I don't know why Kevin says this doesn't do it justice. This is a creepy cover, and it's one of the best by Zebra. Fuck you, Kevin, if you're still listening to the show. If He's not. not. <laughs> I, I do like that cover. I've always liked that cover. I too. Yeah. That's one of the best Zebra covers they did for me. So it's not, it's not full of dumb skeletons, man. You <laughs> <laughs> um, say, I was uh, thinking about uh, what you were giving away at a thousand subscribers. Oh, yeah. The other one is um, uh, one of the rare, very last copies I've got of the Grammy Award nominated uh, Dark Dixie mm. audiobook. How many authors can say that? <laughs> which is on yeah. cassette, you know, and I guess wow. you can pick up a cassette player somewhere and listen to it. But <laughs> it, was a, it was a really nice, it was really nicely done. It had some, you know, like special effects and, and uh, there was one story where there's a demon in it and the voice, I, they really distorted the voice where it, it put some shivers down your spine. And so... That'll be going to somebody else, but hey, we got to we got to get up to a thousand, or I'm not gonna give it away. You know, I'm I'm biting at the bit to give it away. Come on, people! <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm stuck at like uh, eight ninety three or something like right now. So so um, if you want that book, and that audio book, you know, let's let's get going. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. um, for- Definitely subscribe to uh, Fear County Chronicles. Uh, and speaking of, I, I, Ron was nice enough to design a logo uh, for mine when I signed uh, Noose with Darklit Press. Andrew uh, highly suggested that I put together a newsletter, so I gave it a crack. It's been fun. I won't tell you what my subscriber count is because Ron's subscriber count would laugh at it, but um, 
it's 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 kind of been cool i've been uh using it to talk about uh you know what i'm working on at the moment to uh you know shill out links for anything that i've got uh coming out uh to throw out you know dead headspace episodes that people might otherwise miss um, and I've been having a lot of fun with, I've been adding a section at the end called writing tips and, you know, not necessarily, Hey, I've been writing for three years. You should listen to me, but I've talked to, we've talked to a ton of extremely knowledgeable, talented people who have shared what has worked for them throughout their long and illustrious careers. And, you know, one of the most, when I, when I go on a podcast to promote my books and they want to talk about the podcast instead of my book, um, one of my favorite questions, one of the most common questions is, you know, what have you learned from, from these people? So I've been trying to kind of distill that and put it into the newsletter. That's so smart. that would be brennanlafaro.substack.com. Very, very, Postcards very from the falls. Very good newsletter. I, I always enjoy it when it, when I, it ends up in my uh, inbox. So <laughs> thank yeah, you. Cool, man. It's very cool. Um, so where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Facebook is Ronald Kelly on Twitter is uh, Ronald Kelly four. I don't know why I'm number four, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Uh, on Instagram is Dixie Darkin and you can, uh, um, you can go to my website, RonaldKelly.com. It's a little outdated. Um, uh, my my son, he he at school, he pulled up. Um, uh, he's pulling up stuff on me. On um, he googled me. <laughs> he pulled up stuff and he said, "Daddy, you need to update your Wikipedia page. It's <laughs> really outdated." So I'm gonna have to do that, and I'm gonna have to uh, update my website. Um, I am going to start an online um, uh, store, um, nice. certified art store. And <laughs> That's so cool. Selling my books and merch through that. Um, Aaron Beauregard is going to help me set that up. He's uh, he's done really well with his, and mm-hmm. so we're gonna um, we're gonna do that. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing it, you know, behind the scenes, you know, private messages, which is great because I get to interact with people and everything. But uh, um, it's gotten to the point where it's almost seeding into my writing time because I'm selling so many books, you know. So, um, you know, I may have to borrow me some help or something, maybe pay the kids to help me pack some books. So, um, Ron, you're kind of like Joe sometimes, Joe Lansdale sometimes with super short answers and i i mean like some people uh i guess would take that the wrong way but i get it you guys are both busy guys it's just it made me laugh and i want to tell you this i don't even know if i told brennan but um brennan i'm gonna mute you real quick yep that's definitely you okay we had an echo effect um all right, so I don't even think that I had told Brennan this because I just tell him everything and I don't remember what I don't tell him. But uh, when we recorded Joe's bit, which is why you saw my face, because I didn't realize it went from whoever's making a noise uh, would cut to them. But anyways, um, that's supposed to be a five-minute conversation that turned into an hour and uh, at one point, we I brought you up and I said, 
that I, I really don't understand how Ron's not he doesn't have the fanfare that you do. Like you both are excellent writers. Um, and he said, you know, it just comes down to luck sometimes. Yeah. There's so many variables in life. And, uh, you know, Ron went this way, Joe went that way with their writing. And it just, that just, that's the, you know, how the cards fall sometimes. And yeah, that, that's crazy. And it kind of makes me, that's the one thing I'm very confident Maybe I'm naive for this, man, but for all those listening that aren't aware, I'm in it in my first anthology with Dessa Press. Ron's in it. I'm in it. Friends in it. A lot of uh, other excellent writers. Joe Lansdale's in it. Um, that's the one thing I'm nervous about, the reception, the sales. I can't control that. Nobody has a formula for it. I'm very, I'm nervous about that. Um, really, I just came up wanted to bring it up and uh remind people that that anthology is coming up soon i'm finishing the edits i got a few more stories left it's being formatted as we speak by jared um arc should be going out to people in i don't know i'll guess three or four weeks from now so that'd be that'd be really i can't wait for that we're gonna have a panel of uh contributors on so ron's probably gonna be back yeah for that um yeah i got a tangent there uh did I cut you guys off or can we go to final thoughts? Um, Brennan, final thoughts, sir. As always, I mean, we appreciate your time, Ron. You can come back anytime and we know that you will. Um, and frankly, I'm excited to read your story in that anthology so that we can have you back for that panel. Um, I, I love Dead Eye One and I love your Western stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Anytime I have an excuse to read that, I will read that. And anytime we have an excuse to have you on, we will have you on. <laughs> yep. You. Well said. I'm going to save you for last, Ron. Normally we have the guests go first, but uh, I uh, just wanted to say I'm very thankful for the friendship. I think that's why I, I probably already said it, but a lot of things have happened today. It's been a very weird day with Peter Straub passing and some other stuff in my personal life. But um, I, I just uh, kind of tear up at how powerful um, it is that someone as awesome as you is truly respected by their peers. And that makes me want to cry happy tears because I love you, buddy. So I can't believe I can call you a friend. I've been saying that for like a year now. I still can't believe it. <laughs> I can see you in person and I can probably walk up to you and give you a hug and you're not going to push me away. So that's awesome. <laughs> Probably. There's a 50-50. Uh, maybe. Uh, Ron, final thoughts. Yo, I remember the first time I was on the show, I was scared to death. First podcast I've ever done. Didn't know you. Didn't know Brandon. Um, we've become buddies. I mean, we're brothers. I, um, I, yeah, I agree. We're yes. family, man. This is, you know, I don't think this was by chance. I think it was, you know, uh, God. I think it was fate. I sure. think it was. Um, very rarely does people make connections like this that's, that last beyond like a show. You know, uh, I'm very proud of both of you. You've, you've, you know, you've made great strides, you know, since I first met y'all. Uh, Brandon's published several books. You've 
you know, you're doing this very wonderful anthology that I'm, you know, I'm so looking forward to reading all the stories. You've got some great talent lined up, you know. And and you you guys know what else is to come, and I want to work yeah. with I want to work with my friends every damn chance I get. Yeah, well, you know, you, you've you've got some wonderful ideas, and I, I I certainly hope they come to fruition. And um, so you know, um, I'm just I'm just glad we're all here at this place at this time. You know, it's um. You know, it's, it's it's just very special what's going on, you know, between the three of us, you know, different points in our career, you know, and, and uh, um, I, I just feel very blessed to, to know you and have met you, you know, it's just, uh, it's just been a very, you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than you guys, I'm several years older than you guys, but, you know, I don't feel like that when i'm i'm uh, relating to you so um yeah i'm you know we're buds and always will be you know absolutely we're only uh old by age and body by right. spare we're all immature buttheads that love the same thing <laughs> <laughs> um, those were some nice final thoughts ron i really liked those thank you for sharing them yeah and you know what next episode is uh with brennan we're covering noose uh, we're going to have Tyler Jones and Erica Robin on for that. It's a really cool book. Yeah, um, I need to read it. I haven't read it yet. I'll save my praise for you for next week, Brennan. But everybody, this uh, <laughs> a lot of weird stuff happened today. I, can't, I still can't believe we lost Peter. Uh, yeah. But please go, uh, if you haven't, please go and read his book. Please go and read Ron's book. Normally, I don't say please. It sounds like I'm begging. I don't give a shit. <laughs> please make time because there's so many things that you can compete with, and it's not even other books. It's all forms of media, instant gratification. Books aren't instant. They are very long. They root in you. So if you want some uh, good old fashioned entertainment, go with go with Ron or Peter, amongst many other great authors. Ron and Brandon, I love you both to death, truly. Um, and everyone, you yeah, have made choices in podcasting for picking us. Uh,